from all kinds of sources. And all know them still can't kill me now. You see, as them sink me on the ice, so right on the storm, them just like Cabo. What up, though? It's the Eastside Engineering Podcast, and this is your local friendly engineer, Cynthia. And today we are having another special, special guest. And I have a lot of great tech that I want to share with you guys today. So per usual, get your notes out and get ready to take some good notes because we're going on a good journey today. So in Tech in the City, I have an app that is made by a Detroit native named Candice. She is also a Gates millennial scholar. She is a graduate student um, out in somewhere in California. I should have known that before now, but I don't. Um, oh, she's at Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> Shout out to Instagram. Um, <laughs> she has an app that's called V-Shoot, which is an app that allows you to have a photo shoot with your friends remotely. So I guess it's like if you are out by yourself or doing solo trips, you can put the angle, your phone, whatever you need to do, and then have your friend take your photos for you which I think is dope. Um, I used to have to ask strangers to take my photos or have a friend that, you know, every friend don't get your angles the way you're supposed to. So this eliminates that awkwardness of asking a stranger or, you know, if you don't have an Apple Watch, you know, you can just have your friend do it back at home. So they're available on the um, Apple App Store and follow Candice. Her, I think her name on Instagram is underscore 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 Candice. And you can follow the Instagram of the app that's called V Shot, I believe. So that's V and then S H O O T. So if you've been listening for a while, you've just learned that I learned. Oh, it's called the V Shot. Hmm, that's interesting. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can follow that. So we're going to move on to our local friendly engineer. So she's a very, very special guest. She's one of my dearest friends. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, all. My name is Yasmin. I currently live and reside in Michigan. I went to school at North Carolina State University, where I pursued a degree in mechanical engineering. And now... I'm here in Michigan working for an automotive company and trying to live my best professional life. So here we are. Oh, sweet. So yeah, tell, tell the people where you're originally from. So I was born and raised in an island called St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. Was raised there for 18 years, moved to North Carolina for university, and moved to Michigan right after. She loved coming north, you know. Game yeah. of Thrones, you from the north. Right. <laughs> Gotta get adjusted to this cold, but we've made great strides within these past couple of years, so. Ike, her uh, hoodie game is real tough. Yeah. I, ain't, I ain't even gonna hold you. <laughs> you got real good at finding good hoodies. I'm getting good at it day by day. Now I think I have too much, but we're getting You never it. have too many hoodies. Um... <laughs> She's like the way this closet <laughs> set up. <laughs> the way how this closet is, I mean, <laughs> it's telling me something different, but... You know, we'd like to stay warm, at least for the most. Yeah. She's sporting a You Matter um, sweatshirt right now. I'm a little little jelly, a little salty. They're sold out right now, and I want one. <laughs> but I'm going to get one one day, one day soon. So I, my first question, I like to be lighthearted and fun. So can you tell the people about your favorite studying snack? My favorite studying snacks. Well, right now, I guess studying and working snacks, my favorite snacks is almonds. Really? And I know it's weird, but I probably go to like three cans of almonds weekly now. And they're very good for you. Keep your very heart healthy. (laughs) And they're really good. And I am low-key addicted to them. <laughs> you get, like, the plain ones? They're not salted or anything? No, they're not salted. You know, we're trying to stay healthy and stay fit, trying to be fine for summer 19. Oh, can't relate. <laughs> Catch me in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not in there. almonds make a really good study snack for me right now. And 
I was just like literally eating it right before I got in here. Oh, wow. Then you came here with that big old French toast thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was substance. And like the almonds was like the appetizer when you really think about okay. it. So almond was my, is my current study slash work snacks. Um, back in college, I'm not sure if I necessarily had study snacks. I just used my swipe card to get whatever the library might have to offer. Mm. So it's like Chick-fil-A was like on a Ooh. weekly schedule, like Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm going to get this right before it closed to take with me to the library. Some ice cream. Mm. And I'm really obsessed with like Lay's potato chips. Mm. So like that would be, that would probably be my study snacks of college. You like, do the original, like the classics? or the you classics. Do okay. Yeah. Did you put anything on them or just? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. Because, <laughs> you know, like some people put hot sauce on them. Some people put ketchup. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Condiments. sticking away from the, like moving away from the norm. I like it plain. Just like my almonds, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of salt, a little bit of crunch. As long as it got that, I'm straight. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is my problematic fave. Um, they have a lot of. They have a lot of beliefs that I don't carry, but that chicken be hitting, though. I, I got to say. Chick-fil-A was one of my favorites for my meal swipes. Yeah. So, I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> so, when you were studying in school, what music did you like to listen to? It just depends on the mood. It was So, like, like, if you were, like, just casually going through notes or talk about that or... Like, if you were really trying to get in, like, you had to sit down and lock yourself in a room or something. If I had to sit down and lock myself in a room, I'm probably listening to, like, classical music. Ooh. Classical music or jazz music. I'll take a score from a movie and just play that in the background. Especially if I'm stressed. Like, I remember, like, one time I... It was final exams, and, like, I fell down, and my laptop was broken. And I, was I remember like, <laughs> that snap story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, isn't, what's your what's your laptop's name? Uh, it was Gibson at the time. Oh, my. Gibson was giving her hell. She was <laughs> like, I need this, and my whole paper is on this. I was like, oh, my God. I felt so bad. Right. And Gibson just had a moment because he took a hard fall with me. And... I remember I was just so stressed and like I literally learned and like I laid on my floor and I played the score off of Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack and I just stood at the wall and that was just like my stress reliever like I couldn't do anything you know like (laughs) (laughs) I've already had a crappy day (laughs) so we're just gonna listen to this music and tough it out um that's if, you were going through it. <laughs> right. I mean, we all go through it when we're in college, when we really think about it. Seriously, we do. Um, if not, like, you know, if it's a good day and I'm grooving and I'm vibing, um, I can listen to anything from Kendrick to Cole. Or, like, if I'm, like, extremely happy, I'll more than likely be listening to, like, Soka or, like, Dancehall or some local music from back at home. Mm-hmm. So just, like, anything that's can like relate to my mood i would like but if i'm happy like guarantee you like soka's on there dance hall is probably on there local music if i'm chilling it would more than likely be like you know like some chill rap with some really good vibes in the background if i'm stressing or i need to like really like control my temper or mood it's gonna more than likely be classical mm. I like that. Who is, like, your favorite classical artist? I don't necessarily say that I have a favorite classical artist. Uh, Like, I love, love, like, listening to, like, peaceful piano. So, like, I'll just, like, pull up a Spotify playlist that relates to that. Or, Mm. like, I'll pull up a jazz playlist. Um, But there is one album that I own um, by this um, pianist called Yiruma. And he's really good. Um, I won't say he's my favorite, but he's definitely someone that I really like. And it's really peaceful to listen to. Nice. So you're going to get into your work business. Okay. So you tell us a little bit um, about what you do. Like, how do you, how does your job correlate to your background, your educational background? Um, so as I said, I work for an automotive company. Um, I am a calibration engineer. So in keywords that just means that okay you fine-tune the engine to make sure that it performs appropriately or 
properly so that when it reached the consumer hands, they have a good drive, they have a smooth drive, the engine isn't acting out of whack or anything of that. So it's very, um, it's very hands-on, very in-vehicle, understanding the mechanics, understanding like what needs to change, understanding like how the changes you make can affect the person driving or affect the engine, understanding what it does with safety. So it's very like involved and technical mm-hmm. and having this mechanical engineering background brings into it like at least it helps because you know like when you well not what you know but if you major in mechanical engineering it's very like a broad spectrum of like education like so mm-hmm. you learn a lot so it kind of help brings like all the knowledge that you know applied in like different places like okay you know we learn about some of these stuff in thermal but now i'm understanding like how engine pumps and like Mm -hmm. how it goes and the dynamic that goes into it and it's not like i'm doing dynamics or or thermodynamics daily but like just having that knowledge in the background helps to like understand it just a little bit more and how my changes or what i'm responsible for um, it just helps me to have a better knowledge of what I'm responsible for. Nice. So this is a black woman out here making sure you got engines work um, and making sure they're not blowing up on the freeway, you guys. You know, helping y'all. Just just to put that in the back of your mind, a black woman in Michigan. Just, just so you know. So I want to know who inspired you or what inspired you to get into STEM or STEAM. I don't know if I was fully inspired to go into STEAM. Um, being from a Caribbean background, you know, like they always say your parents say you can either be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, mm-hmm. and that's your three choices. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, hmm. So I went through like an elimination process in my head in like high school where I was like, okay, you're good at math, you're good at science, mm, English might not be it. <laughs> So, like, what are you going to do? What do you expect from your job? Is it going to be sedentary? And you're like, no, I don't want to be sitting all day. I don't want to be staring at a computer all day. I want something hands-on. I want to understand the process and be involved. So, like, I went through the process of elimination. I was like, well, I don't want to be a doctor because, first of all, I can't even cut a straight line, (laughs) yet alone to be cutting into somebody. (laughs) That's a surgeon. Um, right. And that's what I would want to be because I, oh, okay. I, I was very much into like discovery health ER. And I'm like, oh, uh, being a general surgeon would be cool. Get to deal with all these different situations that come at you. But I was just like, I don't know about cutting into people. So I was like, maybe not. And I didn't really want to go to law school because that involves a lot of reading. So I was like, engineering. Preach. She said, <laughs> <laughs> No reading. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the truth. Um, you need a calculator, <laughs> right? So I was like engineering, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see what it's about. And I was like, oh, it would be really cool to make prosthetics and get involved. So like mm. before, I chose mechanical engineering. I was really interested in biomedical, mm-hmm. but mechanical engineering is more broad, so that means more opportunities for me. And now I'm in a completely different field than what, not completely different, but obviously I was interested in biomedical and now I'm in automotive. Yeah. Um. So. I know a few biomedicals that went into automotive. Right. And so um, I was just like engineering and then I went into college and I'm like, well, I guess I'm in this. And even if I wanted to change like three years in, I was like, it's too late now. It's too late now. <laughs> so you better get this engineering degree. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, well, speaking for myself, I definitely... Like, my third year, and I definitely was like, oh, I want to try computer science. But I'm like, ooh, that changeover is not going to be lit, and I'm not trying to stay here another year and a half. So exactly, I was like, I'm going to just stick this out. And then, like, honestly, mechanical engineers, like, you know, every engineering discipline has a nickname, and ours is uh, the indecisive engineer because we don't know what we want to do. That's why we pick mechanical because you do a little bit of everything. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I was today years old and I figured that when I heard that, yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of uh sultry, I guess you can say, nicknames for 
engineers like IEs they call them imaginary engineers um. yeah I, I knew that one <laughs> and I feel like that's the only one that I knew that had something associated with like that but I didn't know they continued it for like all the other majors I yeah just, like the EEs are called wizards because they do magic period like I don't understand a lot of what they do at all oh, <laughs> I'm like I did not enjoy my circuits class look and I had one of my I had mechatronics my last year and then my last semester and one of the one of my group members was a triple major so he did computer electrical and mechanical why don't know he could have just been a mechatronics or robotics and no he did robotics electrical and mechanical and when I tell you, like, when he put together some of our me mechatronic projects, I would be like, I don't know what this is. And he was like, it's voodoo, I'm telling you. I don't know how I know it, but I just do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, because, yo, that is not at all normal, what you can do with your brain at this point in time. Definitely. So I want to know what were, like, some of your, one or some of your favorite projects you ever worked on? One or some of my favorite projects I ever worked on. I guess I really like what I'm doing right now as a job, <laughs> as my <laughs> occupation. Um, can't really get too in-depth about it, but it's just so nice to be hands-on in a vehicle and, like, finally understanding, like, how it works, finally understanding, like, how to do things. I mean, like... It's not an industry that I thought I would be in, yet alone, like, not, you don't see, you rarely see black women. Like, there are black women who work in the automotive field, but to mm -hmm. say that you're a test engineer in vehicle, hands-on, understanding the vehicle and changing calibrations, you see very few. Mm -hmm. And to be involved in that community and just have a deeper understanding about the mechanics of a car and just, like, how your changes are important and just to be a part of the process of making or like helping a vehicle go into production is so enlightening so you're pre-production yeah it's like you take the vehicles from uh maybe like from like the middle grounds to the end of um to the end mm -hmm. right before it's produced so it's like your changes are the final changes to like go into before like production oh so it's like when you really so you're kind of like quality insurance too um in a sense but n yeah in a sense yes um so like when you think about the production of a vehicle you start off with it on a bench and you test it in a lab mm -hmm. and then probably like maybe about like 50 percent is taken from the lab and made into like an in vehicle mm -hmm. and that's when you start like really calibrating it for like the roads different environments whether it be hot weather cold weather high altitude or low altitude and oh yeah those are the really long trips you take mm -hmm. <laughs> so like you test you test it to make sure that it can operate in those different environments you make sure that all the safety metrics are there so like your car won't unintentionally accelerate or like if like it was the prius <laughs> i can't really sorry about that but that was in the past but like you just make sure that you take the precautions that you have these safety metrics calibrated appropriately mm. so that your car wouldn't unintentionally accelerate or like if something was to happen, your car takes the appropriate measures, whether it be like an engine shutdown or to reduce your speed to tell you like, hey, it's a big issue here. You should take me seriously. Mm -hmm. And so like as calibrators, like everybody has a different responsibility that all comes together to really make the vehicle what it is and making sure that your safety is valued because we're in the vehicle driving it testing it and making sure that we like it for you to like it mm -hmm. that's pretty dope so i want to know how this is like really taking it back so when you were in school and you were going through the motions because we all know school was a lot how did you handle your stress or like what did you learn from your time in college about handling your stress? I'm not sure that I ever appropriately handled my stress in college. And what I learned was that I can't go about the way how I handled my stress in college 
the same way how I'm handling it in my adult life. I was like, something's got to change because you're not about to be stressing and breaking down the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that you need someone to talk to, but you need someone to talk to who will not judge you or tell you that you should be doing better or like put all these like requirements on you. Mm-hmm. But you need someone that you can talk to who will understand you and just like let you speak and let you vent and then reassure you that things will get better. I think when I was in college that I used to go through the motions and then I would just like lock myself up and like cry. And then <laughs> Lit, like first off. <laughs> right. Crying and, is so cleansing. Right. And then if I was really in a funk and it lasted more than one day, you can see it. You can smell it. It was just like a dark cloud hovering over me. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I used to be so easily triggered just by like someone touching me or hugging me that I would just like, I would like have to walk away because I was like, I could feel a tear. <laughs> <laughs> you was like on a ticking time bomb. Right, right. So I think like towards the end of college, like I had this really one great advisor who wasn't even my advisor, but it was an advisor who I respect and love a lot. And I would like just go into her office and be like, I'm stressing about this. I don't know about this. I don't know if I can really make it. Uh, And then she would just like hear me out and reassure me. And that was really comforting and just really like a good time to like at least get level-headed and like try to move on and push through. Nice. That's important to have somebody there. so support, support your people in STEM like degrees. Support, support, support. Um, that's really big amongst all my guests that I've had so far. Right, and I would also say like get like-minded friends as well too. So like having like-minded friends in engineering who knew what it was about, mm-hmm. who knew the struggle, who knew your university and what that community was. Like they were able to just like also be another support system as well. Where did you find your like-minded friends? So when I was right before I entered college, I did this S, I did this minority program called STP, a summer transition program, right before my freshman year. And I think it, it's called LSAMP up here. Yeah. And we it was probably a group of like maybe thirty to forty of us where like it was like like minded minority students who want to enter engineering and then we would take like beginning core classes like whether it be like Cal two and chemistry just mm-hmm. to get ahead, get to understand the university. And that was a really good opportunity to develop your core so that like when you entered your freshman year, you already had a network, you already knew people mm-hmm. and they were in the same classes as you and you were like, Hey, what's up? I know you <laughs> Um, some of my closest friends were from that program and we're still really good today. So that was one of like, that was like one of like the key steps Mm -hmm. for me in engineering was like that program, like it, I don't think we, I don't think that I stress how important it was, um, to me getting my degree, but it was definitely helped me out through my years of college just those friends i was able to acquire that early early engineering program or it's a summer transition program so it was just the summer before freshman year we just went for like four to six weeks so did they was it like engineers only or was it it was all minority engineering students okay nice that's a good program um i would like to know what would you be if you weren't an engineer if i was not an engineer i would be a teacher what? <laughs> um, that's an interesting turn of events. Right. Um, that's what I, I'm... I, uh, our education system has so many cracks in it. True. And even growing up and, like, see, comparing, like, my the schools that my friends went to and everything, like, there's so many things that could have been done better. And, you know, it starts with the kids and it starts it starts early and, you know, from encouraging to the development, to the teaching, to having that right foundations and having the proper support. I truly do admire the works of teachers. I admire their resilience and, of course, they're not paid what they're supposed to be paid. Mm -hmm. We don't realize their importance for some odd reason. Um, but I would be a teacher. I would love to be a math 
teacher probably teaching like calculus and geometry and trigonometry to like high school <laughs> students um i would love to have a mat club and participate in like tech bowls i would love to have a bond with students and just to help them appreciate what's around them and to just make learning fun um just to give them that opportunity to be in an environment where they can grow and develop their interests I still would love to be a teacher. Um, I always said that, like, once I'm finished with engineering and retired, I would possibly like go back into like the education field and like, vol- like, good who not volunteer. I would expect to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, come here, check. <laughs> right, <laughs> but like, teach it like at a local high school, some students, and like probably do like calculus, explain the industry, write some recommendation letters for college, and you know, to have that like feeling like of them like graduating for college and like coming back and be like oh my goodness you inspired me mm-hmm. I think that would just be such a great feeling and like accomplishment it would just be in like it it would be something that I would still love to do mm-hmm. and I would have done it had I not done engineering so okay so you seem like teaching or sharing your knowledge or your, like your passion for math and stuff is a big thing for you what are you doing with that to help close the pipeline in stem um so currently like i volunteer with a local nonprofit organization um the organization is called my matters detroit where they work with local schools within the city and every saturday they bring in 10 to 12 graders to help them and prep them for like sat college and giving them opportunities to say that they can go to like this local summer program where they will fund that summer program in terms of housing and the tuition that might be involved. Um, So I've been involved in that from since I've moved to Michigan and it's been great. Um, So like I'll teach SAT math. So I won't teach it every Saturday, but it would be probably about two or three teachers and we like alternate the days Mm -hmm. and we just wake up Saturday morning and be like, are you ready to learn SAT math? (laughs) Sure. And like, it'll be a group of 10th graders and like, we'll be like just going through like all these math problems and some of the problems, like especially like algebra two and whatnot, they wouldn't know. So we'll go about just teaching them or like going over the basis of geometry and how to tackle this problem. Mm. And it's just like tackling it from early so that when they take it by the end of the 11th grade or like in the beginning of 12th grade, they've been practicing for over a year. Yeah, so you got the problems like down pat. So they'll have the problems down pat or at least a lot better off than if they didn't practice mm-hmm. because you lose that knowledge so frequently, especially like, you know, you take mat one semester or quarter, but then you don't take mat again depending on your schedule. Mm-hmm. So that constant repetition, that constant practice will at least just keep it in their head just for a little bit longer mm-hmm. for them to do well on their SAT. They also do SAT English, but that's not my strong point. So we yeah, stick with no. Matt. Unfortunately, for me, my strongest point was uh, history, which is hilarious. Like, I did good in the math and stuff, enough, obviously, to get into college. But I definitely hit my highest mark in history, which is, I think, interesting because I'm not a person who is, like, a reader. But I retain history very well. Like, once I hear it once, I'm kind of, like, it stores for me. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that applies to for my purpose in life. But, you know. It's just to be figured out. We'll find out someday after I start getting these checks. <laughs> I'm not going to find out no time soon. So I want to know what advice would you give your 14-year-old self? Man, if I was 14, I would tell myself to <laughs> seek some more resources. I think I was just like, oh, I want to be like the holistic student. I want to do marching band. I want to do theater. I want to do sports. And like I was always a good student. Um, I I didn't. I was always a good. I was always a good student. A's, B's, nothing lower than B's. Um, mm-hmm. definitely challenged myself. But I feel like I did. <laughs> she said nothing lower than B's. Like <laughs> smart. Like <laughs> until college. <laughs> Let me came in. Let me be clear. Until college, high college will humble you. Like. College humbles you fast. Oh. My. That's another topic. Um, But um, I feel like I didn't seek, I I feel like there were so many resources that I didn't know about in terms of like what colleges I could have gone to or like what summer programs I could have participated in or like just even like applying myself more in like SAT, not that 
I did horribly, but like I felt like if I just applied myself more, ooh, the places I would have gone, or like the more the opportunities I oppor- more opportunities would have introduced itself to help me define like what I really wanted to do with my career and my path. Because mm. I feel like even like entering college, that like, there was a lot of ambiguity. Like I wasn't really sure, but I feel like had I opened myself up to those resources, mm. I would have at least maybe had a better idea. That's true. Um, that's how I feel about when I see the kids in like Nesby Junior and stuff, and at the seat camps. I'm like, dang, I wonder if. Well, everybody in Detroit obviously with the depth set, but me. But I still end up being an engineer, so I guess it. I didn't miss too much, but I, I feel like everybody who went to, like, an engineering school that was from the city of Detroit went through DAPSEP, but I, apparently I missed it. But, um, yeah, that's something I often think about, and I always tell people, like, um, that I would be interested in telling other kids about. I do have one question about your non-STEM activities. So, like, things that are not technical, things that you don't relate to your job or anything that you like to do. Um, so, my non-STEM activities would be, I like to paint. Um, I paint when I'm stressed. I paint when I'm moody. <laughs> it's always associated with something. It's never. <laughs> um, but I do like it. It's definitely relaxing and relieving and just um, helps me get my mind clear. I like to rock climb. So I that like, was one thing about you I thought was super interesting, like <laughs> <laughs> rock climbing. Uh, yeah, I did it in college one year. Like I took a class, a rock climbing class, and I was just like, oh, this is actually really fun. And I got a friend up here who like will go to the gym occasionally and we'll just be like, I want to rock climb. I'm like, yeah, sure. So rock climbing is really fun. I play rec volleyball and that's exciting. It's also you know, teamwork, help you function as a team and be competitive. It's just, it's a great time. And it's just something to do throughout the week rather than working eight to five every single day. Um, So painting, volleyball, rock climbing. I love outdoor activities. So it's like if it's summertime, I would go kayaking or I would just take my hammock and tie it to a tree and just like lay at the lake. Um... And just like just anything serene and calming that I would do, um, but super not. You're like a super island girl, <laughs> like super. All right, I like to be. I like to be <laughs> at peace. I like to relax. Um, whether um, I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love going to different food places. But anything that like is a really good scenery where I can just like sit down and just relax, I like as well. So that's some of my non-engineering activities. What does rock climbing do for you, though? It's so when you rock climb, it's like you have different levels of like climbing and you challenge yourself to make the climb and you might not always make it. So it teaches you to like one, it teaches you teamwork because it's like you and another person. But for yourself, it like it forces you to like continue like, oh, my goodness, can I make this? I don't know if I can really make it because Mm -hmm. It's it's it does something to the mind. It's like you doubt yourself so many times and you're like, I don't think I can make this climb because it's too challenging. I might not be able to make this hook or put my feet here. And then when you do it, you're like, wow, all this self-doubt. And now I'm finally at the top. I completed the climb. Look at me. It's kind of like a reassuring type of thing that you can still make it even though the climb might be challenging. Yeah, that's. I'm always worried that I'm going to fall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great worry. Hence why, like, it's really good to have a partner that you know and you trust. So mm-hmm. it's like my partner and I, we've been climbing for probably from since I was an intern. So that's like over four years now. And so, like, I know him and, like, I know that he knows me. So we're very comfortable with the way how we belay and, like, knowing that if I fall, you're going to get me, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't they have to stay at the bottom? They do. They stay at the bottom. And they just, Unless like... you're doing, like... I mean, there's, like, different styles of climbing. So, like, there's one climbing where you don't have to sit at the bottom. So, like, one person can fall. But, like, they'll kind of, like, pull you up like a pulley system. Oh. But, like, you kind of, like, level <laughs> yourself out. <laughs> but that's, like, that's like for, like, more, the, the more advanced climbers. And yeah. I don't have enough heart for it as yet. But You it, see, I'm it, scared just hearing about it. <laughs> but, like, I'll see them in the gym and I'll be like, whoo, my heart ain't ready. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not. 
But I like rock climbing. It's definitely fun. I definitely say that everybody should give something new a try because you mm. never know what you could like. And that was one of the activities. Um, I don't know. It's, I have, it's not I have for everyone. I have my limitations because I feel like I'm a, I'm a well-developed woman, <laughs> overdeveloped woman. And, you know, I'm a woman of a particular height. And I'm just afraid that I don't know if I'll have somebody as a good anchor for me. Like, Underst- I might take them down when I'm going down. And this is true, but understand, like, my partner is a guy and probably weighs, like, double the weight that I do. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll anchor in with, like, a, what is it called? A carabiner. A carabiner. Mm, okay. And, like, so, like, when he goes up, I might go up, but I'm not going too far because I'm anchored to the floor. But it's honestly, it's not for everyone. I, I definitely won't encourage everyone to do rock climbing, but I'll definitely say find something that's outside of your comfort zone because you just don't know. Like, I didn't think that I would like climbing, but I do. I love it. Um, I love it when I do it. I haven't done it like within the past month, so I'm, I'm missing out. Yeah, that's... I'm gonna hit me up when you go kayaking, or you're talking about hitting the sand dunes. I was like, I'll do that. Oh yeah, the sand dunes is a really fun summer activity up here in Michigan. I definitely encourage. Not, it's definitely fun. You ride some ATVs up some sand dunes. It's a good time, fun with friends. It's it's definitely a great time. Definitely say if you live in Michigan and you're looking for something to do, head out to Silver Lake Sand Dunes. It's a great time. Um, what else do I want to know? Do I feel like I know everything about you now? Like, you know, make an Instagram and you're like, you're... no, okay. So I want to know some of your future goals. So I usually set it up with three, five, and ten years. You can do like two of the three or you can do all three. Um, can't do ten years because I'm still trying to figure out the next two years. <laughs> Um, she's like too far too far yeah that's too far so like i like i have goals but like i try to like see what's actually feasible and i try not to set myself up for like failure or doom (laughs) (laughs) um but like so right now my goal is to and presently my goal is to continue to do well at my job diversify my skills and just really stretch myself at like what opportunities that they are just to learn more and be better and gather more knowledge um i'm trying to figure out like what my next plans are going to be for a higher education in terms of like grad school or like attaining a higher degree in terms of masters and like will it be in engineering or will it be in another degree that i'm probably more interested in and am i ready to make that degree switch and continue from there mm. um so that there's a lot of thought going into that and mean and like within your five-year goals you gotta like consider like mm, you're at this job that you're doing right now but do yourself do you see yourself doing it for like the next two years or three years or like where would be a, another healthy transition for you for you to gain more opportunities so like that's currently like what's going through my head like i'm like what's your next job opportunity i'm like is it with your company and if it's with your company like how do you see that diversifying your skills and what other opportunities can it open up? And that's currently where I'm at. I know that doesn't really put it in like a three, five-year perspective, but just thinking about that will take me for like the next three years. <laughs> so you were trying to figure out what you're going to do in the next five years, in the next three years. Right. I mean, because like a job, like, you know, like when you're working with a company, you have many, especially like a large company, you have many opportunities to like, experience different jobs so like a person can stay in like one job for three to five years but like when you're approaching your third year you got to think about like where's going to be your next switch Mm -hmm. and then that job's going to take you for three years and then if you consider like a higher education that's going to take you like another three years depending if you're going to work part-time or full-time or and whatnot so like just those two thoughts alone are like going to take me for the next three to five years (laughs) Um, I guess, like, also considering, like, where do you see yourself in terms of, like, community involvement? And, like, are you giving back as much as you can? Or can well, you Well, like, do what more? do you want to give back? Like, what is a hard goal that you definitely want to achieve in, like, three years? 
a hard goal that I definitely want to achieve in three years is so hard to say right now. <laughs> like because I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 and that's a real thing. It's really hard to put it because like you're so you get especially like when you just graduate and mm. like you're working full time, it's easy to get like comfortable and you're like, Oh no, now you're too comfy. You gotta mm. like break that comfort zone. So like right now at my present stage in life, I'm breaking that comfort zone to try to understand what's next mm -hmm. what's your next job what's your next step for a higher education and that's once i finalize that that's my three to five year goal right there because okay. that's how long it's gonna take for yeah. me to accomplish that next job and that next degree mm -hmm. so that's real that's always nice to like you don't always have to have an exact answer that's good. right it's you, you you go with the flow, you know, and that's what, like, I've realized, like, opportunity comes and opportunity goes, and you never know when it's going to come. So you have to, like, just go with the flow of your opportunities and, like, where it takes you because, you know, one day you're doing this, and, like, the next day you are you have another opportunity, and <laughs> it's really hard to, like, really say what that opportunity is going to be and how it's going to shape itself. Right. Yeah, trust the process. And that's what I'm trying to do. So... As friends, we talked about um, how would you like how you want to in the future give back to your home back in St. Croix. So how do you plan or like what were some of the things that you wanted to do back home? Um, essentially, if I was to really give back to back home, I would love to go back home and work. I would love to go back to my island, serve the community, work locally, get involved with like local organizations and volunteer with some students and at least just show them and open them up to like different opportunities and what's out there, helping them to understand like how the world is just shifting and changing and like how you can take full advantage of like these resources because like I said when I was like younger if I was to be 14 again I would like really want to search for more resources available mm -hmm. so I would like to make those resources more readily available whether it's like educational opportunities or summer opportunities or just a better like advising process for like college and whatnot just to be involved in that would be great and to, like, work for, like, a local company, a local government that you know that's, like, benefiting the island in terms of, like, the environment, um, understanding, like, what's important and, like, being involved in that would be so great as well, too. Yeah, you really got me into, like, the sustainability life. Right. So <laughs> I am I am on the sustainability drive right now where I'm like, okay, how can we be more sustainable? Right. Where can we recycle? Um there's all this waste. What are we going to do? And, like, you know, these are all, like, questions that, like, not everyone has, but it's the questions that I have. And, like, so I'm very interested in sustainability. So I'm, like, how can I get involved in, like, sustainability and really just expose more people to it? Or, like, how can I get in sustainability for, like, opportunities or mm -hmm. jobs or in ways that can help the community and so like i said this three to five year process of like opportunities and just like understanding where to go sustainability is even a part of that like how can you incorporate it into your lifestyle or your work and i don't have everything figured out but i'm slowly figuring out and it would be really cool to go back to my island and do something that was sustainable and like really introduce that into a community or even like urban cities as well too but trust just trying to figure out the process right one thing that i i mean convention was everything being from behind being behind the scenes was a lot but um one thing that i really <laughs> took from convention is that they gave us metal straws and i was really i still use my metal straw they give you a little cleaner and everything i'm trying to find me like a carrying case because mm -hmm. i'm trying to also purchase me um my own uh chopsticks okay because they say like disposable chopsticks are bad for the environment as well so i carry my metal straw with me everywhere and it reminds me too on the way here somebody threw their damn um plastic cups like i guess they had went some somewhere from a fast food place and threw the cups out the window into the street I not know. even on the sidewalk into the street so i'm like the car's behind it has to drive over it and i'm just like irritated i 
I hate when I see people litter and especially when they litter in like urban neighborhoods like that really pisses me off because it's like you're probably the same person who talks down about the like neighborhoods or just urban neighborhoods in general and be like they so dirty but you contribute to the dirt right and (laughs) I completely agree with that um I think that I think it all comes with education Mm -hmm. and like even as we like try to be like oh climate change is real and all of this um a lot of people still don't know so Mm -hmm. it's like you find like even in urban communities that people don't know about recycling you won't see like recycling bins like in a lot of neighborhoods because one you have to attract those businesses to come to your community and if they don't see your community profitable they're not gonna yeah be in it and two people aren't gonna go out of their way to recycle right if it's not you know people have jobs people have kids people People are busy. They don't have the time to make to do the to dolls, sort their trash to sort their trash and do it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it comes with a level of education. It comes with a level of commitment. It comes with a level of resources and the community involvement and the city involvement and just really trying to like figure out that sphere and like work around it is just something that I'm still trying to figure out and how to fully get involved in at the moment. One of my, um, I'm going to say this is probably like in my top 100. That's how you know how broadly out this goal is. But Detroit, the city of Detroit recycling process is so difficult that you might as well just throw away everything and send everything to the trash, which is interesting because they're set, they're shutting down one of our incinerators. So I'm like, oh, where's our trash going to go if the incinerator here? Is because other cities are not going to take your trash because we're one of the largest cities in this area. So, like, who is going to take our trash? And then, if they're not going to take our trash and like recycle it or do whatever, they're just going to ship it off to a landfill or whatever. So, it's like, I don't know how to do that, or like, if I'm just speaking it out into existence into the podcast, (laughs) like putting it out into the ether of how to figure out how to make recycling easier in the city of Detroit because even when you go to corporations that are like millennial or you know new age they even struggle with what the city of Detroit wants in recycling like right most people don't know what goes into that and I think that people are people and businesses are making strides to be more sustainable and like you everybody has like the sustainability packet that they like put out and whatnot um I just think that as we continue through the years now like we'll try to figure out actively like how to do that because we're gonna see that there's gonna be a problem Mm -hmm. we're gonna see that this issue needs to be addressed we're gonna see like oh we can't we can't push this off any longer it's already a problem right so and and there are definitely people out there who are getting the education to do that and i think that (laughs) as time goes by it's gonna it's it's gonna hopefully be tackled it's probably gonna be a little bit too late but Mm -hmm. you know as i say better late than never um, so I'm really interested in that. So if I was to like consider like my next goal in terms of like volunteering, I'd be like with a sustainable organization and just like going forward from there. Something super corny though. It's not super corny, but if you're in the local area, I would recommend you go to the Michigan Science Center and go see the 3D weather show because they kind of touch on how global warming is affecting the weather around us. So in the... I don't want to spoil it too much, but they show you how, like, the rivers, the big frozen glacier rivers that are, like, in Alaska and stuff like that are melting because we have all these random wildfires and it's warming up and all this stuff and how it creates more and more natural disasters. And, yes, the earth is supposed to warm over time because it is, like, a molten lava rock that's just... (laughs) you know, burning out over time, but there's ways that we are making that faster, and this this little things over time can help, but yeah, I, I don't think charging people $10, not $10, but $0.10 cents for paper straws is going to get us there, but I do think if people are having, like, I found on brandless.com that they have, like, three metal straws with a cleaner for, I want to say $6, and then it's like five dollars for shipping, so you get three metal straws for the like price of ten. And 
Right, and that's your own personal struggle. Different communities are taking, and different cities are taking um, strides as well too. So like some cities have banned like plastic bags. Yeah. So like when you go to the store, you can't use a plastic bag. Or, but like, like banning a plastic bag, what is that gonna do for the poor people? Like they don't have burlap bags. There right. has there has to be ways around I that, mean, or they like they charge you ten cent for each bag you use. Right, and I'm gonna you said it. I mean, I think that sometimes we think of it from a really broad perspective that they don't have burlap bags, but not saying that everybody can afford a burlap bag, but it's literally a dollar. Some people ain't got a dollar. I know. Some people don't even go to regular grocery stores. And this is true. <laughs> I, I, it's different for every community, but yeah. for those that can do, yeah, I would definitely say that. You know, like they should do it if they, they should can. do like just like actively to think about it and have it in your conscious, like, oh, I have a bag that I can like go to and like put my groceries in. And like if it's not costly or if it's not like affecting you, your time or your money or resources, I'll just say like to just actively think about like what are different ways that I c- or measures that I can take to at least try to like reduce my footprint or be more sustainable mm. in terms of your waste, in terms of like your plastic bags in terms of, like, what recycling centers are near you. Or, like, even sometimes your local grocery store will be like, oh, we take plastic bags. So, like, I know Walmart, like, some Walmarts will be like, oh, we take plastic bags, put your plastic bags in this box, and, like, hopefully. Walmart, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So, like, they'll take your plastic <laughs> bags if you're not if you're not going to use them, and you can just put them in a box. So it's just at the back of your thought that if you're actively thinking about it, you'll learn to be better and figure out ways of, like, what you can do and what works for you. And it's not some it's not always huge measures that we have to take, but just the act of just even taking that first step would be great. It is. I, I think about it when it comes to, like, Recycling and sustainability when it comes to, like, cleanliness, I guess you can say. Because a lot more sustainable things have a lot more minimalist, um, I don't know what you call it, like, methods or something. Like, way of life. Because, like, if you live with the minimal things or things that are the minimum things that you need, not excessively, then you're more sustainable than people that have, like, an access of things. Exactly. So, this is true. I like it in the terms of cleanliness because, like I said, there's people who throw trash out their windows in neighborhoods where people live. And that's literally the most frustrating thing to see. Like, I always want to blow my horn, but I know I live in the hood, so that's not always the best idea because <laughs> you might have more problems blowing your horn when you could just let them litter and go on about their day. But, um, yeah, I just that's something I think about, but that's definitely, like one of my big goals to contribute to the city of Detroit or at least the city of Detroit the part parts of city of Detroit that I personally care about dearly um but yeah we learned so much about you today but I do have one more question and it's pertaining to who inspires you to keep going who inspires me to keep going? My mom. <laughs> she's always in my air. She's always on my back. She's she's everywhere. She's right here right now. <laughs> oh, my mom is a huge motivator. Um, she's, man, she, this lady knows my schedule before I even tell her my schedule. <laughs> she's always been like, what are you doing? Are you studying? All right, what are you going to do next? And I'm like, slowly figuring out come on we don't have time we got to figure it out right now (laughs) um so my mom is a huge motivator she's always um on my back always pushing me always telling me that you got to do more you got to not get too comfy where you're at right now this isn't the end of the road like figure out what you're gonna do how you're gonna do it and apply yourself um and then my village the community where I was raised in um we always say back home it takes a village to raise a child and I had such a wonderful village and community around me in terms of like the elders in terms of like just my peers who I grew up with you know we were always so kind so supportive we always like had each other back and support so just having that around me here and out and like I'm like oh my goodness Yasmin we're so proud of where you come from and like you might think like oh I struggled to make it but I'm so glad you can share that is just something positive and that allows me to keep me going because you know like it's would be good for someone else to have that reassurance and positivity that like oh you kept going that means I can keep going and you know it's a cycle I can continue to really motivate your community that you're in Mm. that's dope I like that I like that you um 
Said your mom. That's good. Because moms are everything. They can be a lot, but they are everything. <laughs> so I've asked you all the questions that I had. Was there any that in particular you wanted to answer? Um, No. I think, like, no matter what you're going through or what your goals are, you should always persevere. Um, that's what you really need, persevere and dedication, because you just don't really know, like, ooh, the heights and levels that you can achieve if you just believe in yourself. Do you think that's the secret to your success? Yeah, and believing in God. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> because if you only knew, it would not have made it this far. But, you know, we're pushing through and making ways, so... Those two things are definitely key things if you're if you believe in that like for me that's what's got me where I'm at today. Just believing. Okay. So do you want people to find you on the internet or no? <laughs> you can be like I'm good. <laughs> um, if you want to follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Yaz underscore V-I, Y-A-S-S underscore V-I. Your LinkedIn, no? I actually don't have a LinkedIn. And <laughs> the professional <laughs> Facebook. I don't, and like I need to make one, and everyone's on my back telling me like you need to make one. It's very important, but I've never have a, had a LinkedIn. And Honestly, I only know like four people that have had like very good like LinkedIn's and everybody else it's literally a professional Facebook so it's just like Facebook for people it's just for you to like this is how I take this is my hot take on LinkedIn LinkedIn is basically where you go to brag about yourself in the humblest way possible right it's where you can put your resume online with a face yeah like, and it's definitely beneficial if you're looking for a job and new opportunity to network. And I definitely get it. And I will probably make one in the near future. But because I've made it so far without a LinkedIn. <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> I'm not as motivated to get one right away. Mm -hmm. But I do realize the importance. Like I've had one for like... Mm. I've had one since, like, 2012, I think, like, 2012, 2013, and I didn't start really using it until now. Like, it's not really, it's really hard to write about yourself. Like, I'm not one of those people, like, I used to hate when teachers in high school would be like, um, if you, I'll do your recommendation letter if you write it yourself. Like, I'm not, you're not going to give it to me then because I'm not about to sit here and write nice things about myself. That's your job. Like, you cheating the system. No. But, um, yeah, that's, so you don't have LinkedIn, and then you just said Instagram. She yeah. has a nice Instagram. You travel a lot. I do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, take a step back and really just, like, I'm trying to, like, at least, like, lower my social media presence. <laughs> I'm not active on Facebook as I used to be anymore. I'm, yeah, so Instagram would be where it's at. Yo, Facebook is useless to me. Right, and, like, LinkedIn, and not right now, but in the near future, maybe. Facebook made me realize that I'm disappointed I didn't make more friends in college because I need extra tickets for graduation, and I don't know anybody to call because <laughs> I didn't make friends with those people. It was like, if we was in class together, cool, but other than that, I don't talk to you outside of that. Right. But, yeah, Facebook is literally my most useless platform. Maybe I got to figure out the algorithm. I don't know it yet. I can't help you with that one. <laughs> okay, well, it was wonderful having you. Thank you. I enjoyed I being here. I love your perspective. It's always wonderful talking to you. Um, I don't have any updates or church announcements, anything cool that's coming up. Um, I would just say if you're looking for more, like, tech things to do around the city, I would suggest, like, um, get on meetup.com or look – keep an eye out for uh, Detroit Black Tech because they do often have events like weekly or every other week. Um, other than that, you know, hit me up. <laughs> on my, I have Twitter, Instagram. 
email. It'll all be in the description if you want to reach out to the Eastside Engineer. Um, you can send um, questions. You can try to suggest guests that's from the local area that you may know of that would love to be on the show or any um, tech in the city that you want to share with me or any updates that I can share with this community. That can all go to my uh, email. That's the Eastside Engineer at gmail.com. Other than that, I'll talk to you guys next time and enjoy whatever you're doing today. <laughs> Bye.